We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. <laughs> Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 Arnold Palmer Invitational Final Picks, Bets, DraftKings Ownership, The Pivot Plays, Props, and of course, the viewer chat. Reminder to everyone out there to smash the like button to the episode and subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Join the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League on DraftKings. There are 300 spots remaining out of the 4,000. It's rake-free, so let's fill that up right now so we can push it to 5,000 for the Players' Championship next week. It's all building to the Players' Championship. And since the live chat was such a success last week with Tyler Tambellini from Run Pure Sports and the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast, I got him back. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. You know, first time I went on your show, we talked about Listgate last week. Wasn't sure if I'd ever get back on a show. And now we're back to back and much improved. The studio, I'm not sure how you did it. It was already incredible last week, but we're back to it again and even brighter. The microphones are better and back into it. People love the chat. Yeah, and we got the wrestlers back. We got Eddie Murphy back behind Legend. me. Everything is looking up. I and mean, yes. it's only going to get better as this goes along too. So here are my final bets. The final betting card. I'm probably going to end up adding as we go along here so the final 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 cheat sheet will be available in the newsletter later on this evening so make sure you're subscribed to that you can do that down in the description right now i got will z will zalatoris your guy 33 to 1 <laughs> to win adam scott 35 to 1 to win billy horschel and sam burns both 55 those are the four that i'm going with the, the bombs of the week with the top fives along with them thomas peters 110 to 1 my guy garahigo 150 to 1 and danny willett 251 seems like a pretty deep price i think he's down to like 175 now over in kenya i got guido with the top five and uh chinhoy who skyler put me on <laughs> He's 2,500 to 1 to win this event. 
Yeah. I grabbed a nibble of that as well because, you know, I'm like you. I see that stuff. I hear that stuff. Love Sky and Tom, those guys doing their show. So I had to get on that one as well with you. But we can we can have it out now if you want the Willie Z conversation. I woke up this morning with the classic GM tweet that everyone likes to do and said good morning to everyone that's not betting on Will Zalatoris, thinking he's going to putt well enough to win this event. And I know some took it the wrong way. I think on DraftKings, which we'll get to later, you can play him. His price is right. His stats fit. He doesn't have to be your first guy into the lineup but I just don't see it at 33 to one. He, he doesn't win tournaments or he hasn't. at least. He hasn't won tournaments, but Tom Hoagie hadn't won tournaments. Okay. Luke List hadn't won tournaments. Seb Straka hadn't won tournaments. So this is a completely different level of player that we're talking about here. And it's not like he never gains strokes putting. Sometimes he does. Generally on Bermuda grass, fast greens. Like even looking at the Masters, he led everyone at the Masters last year in terms of putting. That's how he ended up coming in second. So I just like him with these long courses, long courses, just hopefully he can putt this week. Putt this week, you're doing fine. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying with that point. I mean, I said it with Kenny on the on the podcast Monday. He taught, he brought up the same point about Luke List. And I said, and you know this, you're a Luke List truther. You have been forever. How long did it take to get to that first win? Sometimes these guys are really good. I saw somebody else this week tweeted out and I thought it was great. Said Luke List is like Rick Rom. If you deleted their names and saw their stats, you'd see it. But when it comes to the putting, you don't get that. When it finally got put together, he needed a playoff and a shot to like three feet to get that win a few weeks back. And he got it. And he got it. The whole point is that he was able to put it to three feet. I got the same sort of confidence in Willie Z. I mean, I know he lost that playoff to Luke List, but it's not like he's immune to being close. We we put too much expectations on these guys. Because as you mentioned, we were talking before the show, you know, Morikawa comes in. Hovland, I mean, it took Hovland yeah. a while to win. He won the Puerto Rico. He still hasn't won like a real event. <laughs> it's true. And I think that is part of it. You mentioned it at age they're both at. And Will Z is a talent. I, I think that's where people take it the wrong way when I bring it up as well. It's not that I don't think he's good. I don't think he, I think the number is so bad. I don't think he wins one in 30 times to bet him at 30 to one. I also noticed, and you mentioned some of the guys, like I love your Scott bet. Uh, Hideki was there at 28, which was insane before Bryson went off the board. Sungjae is there at 30. I know it's a bounce back, had a bad week last week, but he's done well in Bermuda, has played very well at this course. And got, I've got him at 30 to one, right? That that was my guy. Now you can bet them both. I know a lot of people that have both on their card. I'm just saying that was my choice at that number. Hideki would have been my other choice at 28. I like that quite a bit for a guy that's got what, two wins in his last seven events on top of everything else he's been doing that's a it's a more compelling case in will's alatoris but i don't want to miss out when he finally wins yeah. i've been betting him i'm gonna keep betting him. the <laughs> other bets i got on the go i got Chinhoy first round leader in kenya at 500 to one it's probably a bit more doable than the outright win but i played that with the top five Chinhoy top 40 in kenya at eight to one and then the one and dones for the week i got scott jeff has sung jay and cuss took Tyrrell hatton yeah, I like the Sungjae one. I talked about this on Monday as well. But for the one and done this week, he I think he was 57% left in your main Mayo Cup, $125 buy-in, which most are probably in watching the show. I like that. Everyone everyone that played him last week lost out. Here's your chance to level up on that group. Uh, back to the the point you made, forget the, the guy in the 500 to one, but I do think that's interesting for some of the bombs this week. I was interested to hear you didn't have the former roommate, Wake Forest teammate of Will Zalatoris, who actually has two Corn Ferry Tour wins to Will Zalatoris's one is playing some pretty good golf. That's Cameron Young, of course. Many got him at 100 to one this week. I got him at 90, the number dropped 
popped when I got it. And then another guy that's been talked about this week is Munoz, 125 to 1. Listen, he pops in the models. Fantasy National Golf Club, if you don't have it, get on it. That's where we're getting these numbers from. He's another guy that just pops up there, and it's hard to get away from. Pretty much every stat you put in. But second to that point, I wanted to add this and get your thoughts. We added Lahiri last week. It did not work. It was horrible for first-round leader. But I think Cameron Young and Munoz are guys that we bet outright, and you forget. You should probably just take them first-round leader and then see what happens. Get the sweat out of the way early. You have that, but I bet Straka first-round leader last oh. week and then didn't bet him anywhere else <laughs> on the card. So See? It's the same thing in reverse. It's the worst. I know. It happens. <laughs> I, I actually don't have any first-round leaders for API right now. I was thinking I, I want to have some piece of Troy Merritt. I really like Troy Merritt this week. Yeah. And uh, there's just too much love for Let's move to the DraftKings ownership and just see where guys are coming in. We kind of had this debate a little bit, too. Move your mic in front of your face, too. That, 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 that's really going to The weekly move, reminder. Move, move, it, move it close to your mouth so you can talk directly into it. That'll make things much easier on the on Paul, for one thing, and everyone listening out there as well. There we go. But Rom versus Rory. I still think it's going to be Rory. But like you said, everyone's now talking about, hey, no one's playing Rom, so I'll play Rom, and then we're just going to get there, and they're going to be exactly the same. <laughs> That's sort of how I see it. I see like both could easily come in at 18 at the start of the week. You know, and look, the course history is the thing. But I talked about this, like you know, the, the Bubba and DJ at Genesis. You go back to Finau with his course history. I forget which course it was at now, but they, they basically failed in those positions. And it's not like Roy has nothing going for him. He's been playing quite well before his last three events. He's got a win, all of this stuff going on. But now everyone's going to sort of talk themselves into that and then say, but if Rom's going to be low owned and then he ends up getting the difference. So I'm just playing who I like here. For me, it's Rom. I, I think we're due for one of those situations where Rom just wipes out the field and not just in DraftKings, but in the bets that we just talked about, all those guys at 30 to one that everyone's betting down the board it's easy to wipe those out with john rom here i could see the top three actually splitting a ton of ownership here between rom rory and victor i am playing none not one of these three guys on DraftKings this week okay yes. I'm, I'm, scheffler is going to be my highest owned guy i'm not using hideki so i'm going scheffler Sungjae, Zalatoris. Zalatoris is going to be like 25% out, by the way, if people don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm dropping down into Scott, Horschel, and Burns, three guys I put outright bets on, so I'm going to use them at 9,089 and 88. I don't think that Scott... Well, Scott's going to be pretty popular. I don't think that Horschel and Burns are going to be popular at all because Max Home is there, like, sucking up ownership. Agree with that fully. I think that's one conversation piece is down there. Horschel, for whatever reason it is, people don't want to go back to him here. And I, you know the thing about Horschel is the same as back way, it dates right back to his FedEx Cup win. When he gets streaky, that's when you want to play him. He is better on Bermuda. The irons that were good last week. And so back, was the drive. The driving's been shockingly good yeah. for him the past two turns. And that's normally the one place where you're like, well, you can't really compete with people. As long as he's hitting fairways here, dial in those irons from last week. Let's get back to our baseline of yeah. what he usually does on and around the greens. And I think we're looking pretty good with Billy Ho. The other guys from the eights pushing... 15 to 20. I mean, I really don't know where they're going to end up coming in, but Casey and Mitchell are going to be super high owned as is Kokrak. Yeah, Casey is definitely going to get the love no matter what. For whatever reason, they don't price him to what you would expect they would price him to. Again, you talk about models and things like that. He's going to be there no matter what. So uh, Kokrak is a guy that I like. Just going back for two seconds, though, I know you mentioned Sungjae there with Zalatoris. It looks like he's still getting ownership too, but I want to get your thoughts on this because last week on this very show, you and I had talked about a 2v2 where everyone was playing Sungjae and Mito or some representation of that, and I said, what about Burger Lowry? You and I both loved that. It turned out <laughs> that was almost almost the, the one two it ended up being a little bit different the way Berger kind of choked it away but this week if you look you can go check it out here it is I believe it's Rom and Fitz for Scheffler and Sungjae 
I'd rather have Seth Warren, Chef Warren, Sung Jay, because I am playing those two guys and not playing the other ones. I think the most common builds you're going to see, Rom, Zalatoris, Rory, Zalatoris, Rom, Fitzpatrick, Rory, Fitzpatrick, or Victor Hovland yeah. leading off there. So if you go Scheffler, Zalatim, or even looking at like the pivot type spots here, everyone above 9,000 seems like they're garnering some version of double-digit ownership. I think Hatton will actually be the lowest owned of all 10 of these guys. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too because you've got Fitzpatrick and Zalatoris picking up the ownership. Just squeezed between them is Hatton, who you mentioned. By the way, playing pretty good overseas. No one's going to see that in their models because they're not looking. But if you go to the OWGR, check some of the results, the field strengths, what he's been doing over there, it looks pretty good. And then don't forget about Leishman right underneath Fitzpatrick. These two are getting no ownership and they're former winners of this tournament. I know you can take it for what what it's worth, but at the same time, these are guys that could definitely show up and they're right there at a much, much lower ownership than Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick. Going into the sevens, it does seem like Cebes. Cameron Young, who you mentioned, Luke List, uh, Chris Kirk, Munoz, Hoagie, even Keegan Bradley at this point. Lonto Griffin is someone who's probably going to garner a bunch of ownership. And that's kind of it. Like everyone in the $7,000 range is just playing some version, some mix of those guys. So I think there's like some pretty decent pivot spots. Like, give me Corey Connors. I know he's been trash, but like, I I can't see Connor and List right next to each other. And I listen, I love Luke List, obviously, but. Connor's coming in at a third of the ownership of the list. Like, they're like the same guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're getting all of that in this range, just looking at it here now. Like you mentioned, I think there's some above and below. There's ways that you can go about it. I think with just setting up your roster construction in general, I kind of like uh, Mav McNeely. I like your Connor's call. I mentioned. I, I, I like McNeely as well. Yeah, he's playing good golf right now. And I think it's, you know, most people want to play him in California, but the the game can translate. He's definitely an up-and-comer that has skill. And look, anything that you think he's lacking, it's built into the price at 7,800. So I definitely like that. And then I mentioned this pre-show to you. I know you've got some upcoming stuff here, but Seamus Power at 7,600. I'm a bit of a sucker for this guy. I bet him again this week. Again, he pops in all the numbers. I think he can score enough on the par fives. And it was just a few weeks ago when you were watching him saying, Seamus Power, I think Wiley tweeted out, Seamus Power is a problem. other people have tweeted out looking at it like this guy does have the entire skill set that's required. This is a tough course. I think he's got some upside here and nobody wants to go back to him. It's not the Barbasol. He's won before the Barbasol, but I'm just saying it's still all around game. I think can play here. And in this range with Cbez and guys like that, that are getting owned, I think he'd be a guy you could go to as well. I think that you can, I just prefer him next week. So I hope he absolutely bombs Yeah, and then I can use him with the players and everything will be fine. And don't think that I'm not using Matthew Wolf. I'm using Matthew. Wolf. <laughs> what 1% Matthew Wolf don't need to have too much of Matthew Wolf. You got 50 lineups. I think I have him in four. Yeah, he pops for the, uh, you know, this was the funniest thing yesterday. I tweeted out with the bets because of the same betting number. I said, if you had to, I know you don't have to bet anyone, but if you had to pick one of these two, and the responses were the most polarizing I've ever seen between Wolf and Reed, because they basically, you know, some people are guaranteed, Reed has the winning upside. You've seen him win before on tour. There's no way so, Wolf so is Matthew lost. Wolf. And that's the funny part. That's what I'm thinking when I'm looking at the other side, and then people are big into the stats. Look at the 200 plus proximity. You're seeing all this. He crushes. You got to play Wolf. And so if I was to play one here, I think I lean with you. I think it's Wolf. Just show up at this course. Uh, Wolf and Bryson go hand in hand in the past at courses, much like Rom and Palmer usually do. So if you're thinking about Bryson here before the withdrawal, you can go to Wolf here and take a little bit of a chunk. What about some of the short guys, though, like Kevin Na? Uh, you mentioned Keegan Bradley a little. It doesn't look like his ownership's too high versus the others. Lucas Glover, Ian Poulter, Kevin Kisner, that bunch. What are you thinking about some of those guys? Pass. Okay. Just pass all the way down. Like, give me Merritt. Give me Tigala. Give me Peters. Laird. Putnam, those guys. I do like Laird. They're they're cheaper. They're cheaper, and I I see them as 
basically an equivalent. As, as someone who's backed Kevin Kisner here and been let down at Bay Hill in the past, he might come in sub 1%. He probably will. Like I said, the range is, is spread out enough. And then you've mentioned the other guys in there, like the Hoagies, the Lanto Griffins, the guys that people just, the darlings, that even though they won't get past maybe 7% owned or 10% at the highest, they're still going to get ownership. So it's the difference between them and a 1% Kisner. I got Higo, Willett, who I both have outright bets on, obviously, down in the sixes, and Taylor Pendrith at $6,500. So that's sort of like the short list for... I guess all these guys, in terms of first-round leaders, once I start cobbling those together, it's probably like Higo, Pendrith, Merritt, Willett will probably be my four guys. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Pendrith. People, I think that's... He's the, he's the homeless man's Cameron Young. They do the exact same things, except <laughs> once every eight events, Pendrith hits his irons well, and like half the events, Cameron Young does. I think that's what it is, too. And people just think, for whatever reason, of Pendrith as this bomber, and he, he can't he do is. anything else. He is, he but puts. I'm saying he, he does have the ability to show up at that price. And I do think the other thing is a little bit of talk around he's the cheap 6K guy that, you know, he's going to get the most ownership. It, it doesn't seem to ever be enough anymore with the way the pricing is, the way people are playing PGA DFS. It's spread out. And look, Hubbard last week was the guy that people were saying that about. And what did he come, T15? Yeah. Or something at 6,600 and 7% or 8% ownership? Like, it's just sometimes the price is wrong and you can get it right. So that, that's a guy that I like down here, Taylor Pendrith as well. Uh, I'm also going to be rounding out my lineups at $6,300. I'm going to take a little bit, a little dash. ZJ. Now, Hudson Swafford. Okay. I love that, going back to the well. He was bad on Thursday. Very good on Friday, by the way. Like, one round at PGA National, and now no one wants to play you after you've dropped $1,000 in price. I'll take Hudson Swafford. Why not? I make bad picks anyway. So I might as well go out this way, and I can jam in as many top guys as I want. Yeah, I like him. I, I do. I said, you know, just going off the flop lag from last week, 7,100. Everyone plays him. He burned me. I know he burned others. A lot of five out of six lineups with Hudson Swafford. <laughs> uh, other guy here, Patton Kazire, 6,500. Little desire to play Patton Kazire down at that price. He's a pivot is, is, off Pendrith. I'm sorry, is, is Orlando in Texas? No, but it, it's still, it's he's been playing decent golf lately, like a little bit that you can just go down and get a few shares, 6,500. And if you want to be a little bit different, like I don't, I don't want to play, like you said, the same guys everyone's playing up top and then go to Pendrith. But I think, like, for you, it's easy because you're already not playing the top three I don't, guys. So. I, don't, I think you're really overrating how many people are going to play Pendrith. It's probably Most not, people don't even know who Pendrith is. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that time of the season, though, where people are, you know, trying to... It'll we're, be, we're in Canada. That's why you think that Pendrith is going to be super high. <laughs> this week, Svensson, yeah, another Canadian who's down there as well that we watched last week miss a million three-foot putts down. He's 6,700 this week. But, yeah, it, you know, there's a couple different guys down here. Another guy, uh, speaking of Taylor Pendrith, what about Nick Taylor? No. Go the other way. No, let's pass on that. That was another guy who missed 8 million butts last week. That's what they do, yeah. He's, he's 6,700. Did, did Hadwin and David Hearn collectively, like, gather every good putting stroke in Canada? And, like, oh, it's, it's theirs. Don't forget Mackenzie Hughes. And Mackenzie Hughes, yeah. Jeez. Those three guys and then everyone else who's Canadian. Like, you're either the short-hitting, like, <laughs> short-game putting master if you're Canadian, or you just absolutely bomb it. That's it. Those are the t two things you can do. Canadians are so polite. No, you have the putting greens. We'll go hit the irons today. You know, that's what's happening between them out on the practice greens and whatnot. Prize picks for the week, the props. There's a really juicy one that's out here, and it's completely mispriced. I wrote about it in the newsletter on Sunday evening. I saw that Rick was doing the exact same thing. So if anyone out there doesn't have prize picks as of yet, change that. Right now, you can hit the description and go to prizepicks.com, use code MMN, and get yourself a match bonus of up to 100 bucks. So deposit 100, get 100, in case you, for whatever reason, don't know what that means. But the 16th hole is like one of the easiest par fives on the PGA mm -hmm. Tour. And they're giving us over-unders of four and a half on, guys. 
And Rory is one of those guys. Yeah. Rory is going to make birdie or better on number 16. I mean, historically in his career over the past 10 years, it's like 76%. And you get him at basically even money as a parlay piece to put together. So I went Rory under four and a half, round one on number 16. Sam Burns under four and a half. That pays three to one. So 100 pays 300. And then I decided to juice it up a little bit because I made <laughs> one before Rory was... Rory was added to the pool. He's not free money, obviously. But he's probably going to get there 70% of the time. And then the three-way one I did was Burns, Sungjae, and Casey all under four and a half. I think this is the soft spot in the pricing this week on prize picks. Just attack that hole. Yeah, we'll sound like we're selling it. I don't care, though. If you, if you don't have prize picks, you're crazy because the lines are soft enough that you just need to put in the research. You can turn 100 bucks to 300 every day by just pinpointing two plays that you go and find. Last week, I did it. We were in here talking about it. I had Neiman and Ricky with the over on birdies. That worked. This week, I'm with you. I love the 100 to win 300. I've got two. Went back to it. Keegan Bradley over three and a half birdies. He's a guy we always take as a first round leader candidate. I don't. I know some are playing him on the week and have great reasons why they want to play him for the week. But for me, I just looked at it and you go back. This is what I'm talking about, putting in the research. Round one at the Genesis, much tougher course. Three birdies, not quite the three and a half, but five in Phoenix, four on the south course in round one of the Farmers. Like It's just what he does. There's enough scoring opportunity out here. He can break four. And then another one, you just dig in and put in the research. Sung J M under 11 and a half greens in regulation. You go back to his three great results that everyone's talking about, nine, 11, and nine. He hasn't hit it yet, hasn't come close to it in two of those three years. And if you go look at the overall stats for those years with the two third places and the 21st, it's almost all around the green and putter. These are not greens he's going going out and just dicing up. So put in a little bit of the research. There's my two for the week. Keegan Bradley over three and a half birdies put together with Sung J M under 11 and a half greens and regulation, both round one only bets a hundred to win $300. I like it. Yes. Put in the research. It's there. I've been doing much better in prize picks golf than I was in prize picks football. I can tell you Make that. a couple hundred bucks a day over the, and you get four days. We talk about this all the time. It's just a perfect spot well, to do it. You might as well just make a couple thousand bucks a day if you really want to go hard at it. Yeah, I think so. Let's get to the chat. Thank you all for tuning in this week to the Pat Mayo Experience Chat. Obviously, we'll be back next week for the Players' Championship, and hopefully we can keep doing this. I, I really enjoyed the show last week. Got a lot of positive feedback on this new setup instead of just me reading off questions and getting pissed off the entire time. Uh, remember, to leave good questions for Pat Mayo. Only good questions. They don't need to be good in the sense that they could be obvious. It's just make them clear. That's all I really care about, Tambo. Just like like last week when I got mad. Like, I don't know what you're asking. Yeah, I got caught. The PTSD came out. Tour Junkies called me out. You had DB on this week. He got me there. And I, and it was true because I'm so used to maybe you yelling at me that I, I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. But I'm ready this week and I'm excited to get back into it. It was a lot of fun last week. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security. You may as well just give away your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. So that's your computers, your tablets, your phone, even devices like Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off 
their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com slash Mayo and use promotional code Mayo, that's M-A-Y-O, and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish, I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash Mayo. So help us out, smash the like, sub to Mayo Media Network right now. Join the newsletter, play in the Listener's League, and do all that other fun stuff. And if you're listening to this on the audio version, rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And fantasynational.com slash Mayo will get you 20% off. we got a Fantasy National question in here, but let's go to Alex Hahn to kick things off. Any interest in Keegan Bradley? Also, great idea bringing Tambo on the show. I like that. I appreciate that, Alex. I have a little bit of interest in him. The 9 for 9 made cuts is what sparked me. If you're finishing out your lineup there, he's 7,300. I also think we talked a little bit on it, but the 7K, 7,500 range, and then if you are going up to the 77, 79, so it leaves the 73 a little bit overlooked with Hoagie there at the same price. Yeah, that was, that was easy. I'm not using Keegan Bradley. I get it. I'm just not going to use him. Oh, the set is already falling down. apart. Who, who fell down? Oh, no. We, we got Roddy Piper took a spill uh, there and Rowdy, knocked out Rowdy. one of the happens day one of having the new setup and there we go using your link for fantasy national that's slash mayo by the way if you want that discount of 20 percent off i have created 24 lineups i'm using two anchors aka the cheapest players eight lineups one eight lineups with the other and eight lineups with both is this a terrible idea well not if they make the cut and play well then it's a great idea i would tend to do it the other way like i always think about it like building a pyramid I think this is like a, a Rick cascading type of thing yes. where I want to be super tight at the top with the guys that I really like. And then obviously you're going to have less confidence in the guys like Pendrith and Laird and those type of guys, whoever it might be. Now you might just say, maybe that's the wrong way to do it. Maybe you should build the opposite way up because there's more win equity at the top, get more exposure, less exposure, but to more guys at the very top of the price and be like, hey, there are two guys in the sixes I like. Let's go with them. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think this is one that always comes up. We both get this question very often. It's a risk versus reward thing, first of all. Like, if you have all, if you go really tight with your pool and they hit and crush and you've got one, two, three on the leaderboard, you probably have a great week and a chance at winning the tournament. If you want to spread it out, then you're going to cash more lineups because something's bound to get through, but you don't have to go that route. So for me, I'm with you. I like actually setting it up where your core is at the top. Build off of that. I talked about it last week. If I do 15 lineups, 10 to 12 are based around like a three or four man core where I'm just rotating two to four in every lineup. And then I'll do a couple off the wall, maybe a PMAM wave or something with all the best ball strikers or something that avoids the worst putters. But I'm going to stay to a pretty strict core. I don't want to use too many players. Keegan Bradley first round later? Yeah, I think uh, that's the way. Like, that's what I'm talking about. So Cam Young, Munoz, Keegan Bradley. These are the guys, I think those are the better bets. Even though I've bet Young and Munoz for the tournament, you have to wait a long time to find out if that happens and go through a lot of ups and downs. Why not just find out right away or do both? Because then you don't end up in a Sepp Straka situation, which I know Pat was not the only guy last week that ended up there. A lot of people mentioned that happening. Yeah, it sucks. It's it sucks when that happens. Because yeah. when you do it the other way, because it's happened to me a few times too, where I have the outright on the guy, but not the first round lead on the guy right and then i'm looking at it and be like what am i doing here of course they could win one round they're not going to win four rounds and then yeah. 
shit like this. I think happens. you kind of have to go backwards with it. Like, I, you know, if you've got Rory and, uh, you know, Sungjae on your card, you don't need to bet them for first round leader if you don't want to. But maybe some of your long shots, you bring them over. And so you're not missing anybody on the outrights to go with the first round leader besides the obvious guys that you think can actually win and take it down. Brady asks, are we still rolling with Sergio still? I am. I'm using Sergio Garcia. Yeah, I love that. That's the tidbit that you put out with DB. I think it was perfect because it's Mitchell who's going to be popular for good reason. Now we've got the year of the dogs because we've got all these guys winning from Georgia. And now you looked at him last week cheering his boy on down the stretch in that rainstorm. But it's what's the ownership difference? Like I think you said it was probably like 15%. Or more. Or more. Like looking at it right. And especially because he's in that sandwich spot. So there's Casey right above him. There's Mitchell right below him. Both are going to be super chalky. Kokrak is going to garner ownership at the same time. So all the guys like in that sphere above in the middle and right below are all going to come in pretty low like Gooch and Henley not a ton of ownership Sergio like legit might be like three percent yeah and I like him quite a bit I also think second note for just a roster construction thing we talk about that here is that you've got everyone that's going to be deciding like you and I just discussed Mitchell or Sergio one thing I like to do that's a little bit different is just play them both together because most people pivoted and made a choice what if they both do okay and they're battling down the stretch and you need both of them I've had that happen quite a few times in the past so I like to do that as well Mitchell might be like the highest owned guy this week I thought it might be Zalatoris but there's there's enough good competition with him and if you use ramen rory it's tough to squeeze in zalatoris at the same time like yeah. if you if you don't want to go down into the sixes so like rom casey mitchell or rory casey mitchell i could see being a very popular start definitely agree with the casey mitchell part because where they're right they're both right there they'll eat a little bit of each other's lunch but it's a big buff buffet that they're eating so there's a lot to go around yeah and generally if you see two guys in the lower eights or upper sevens that are like 18 plus percent in these giant GPPs. That means that the 9Ks and the upper 8s are generally unowned. Yeah, that's going to be an overlooked range no matter what. You know, you said it already, and especially being an invitational where people realize that, oh, only 50 guys are going to miss the cut, give or take. Why don't I get a little bit more aggressive with my roster construction and go up to the top? We didn't talk about that, and you're only playing Scheffler up there, but others aside, many watching, would you would you go with like a Rom Hovland? If you, were, if you were playing those guys, would you consider that this week? Or do you think there's just not enough down there after Pendrith? I don't even think you need to go that low if that ends up being the case. I could see going Rom Rory, Rom Hovland, Rory Hovland if you really wanted to. Yeah. It's just, I, that's not how I want to construct my rosters For this sure. week. Next one, Sungjae versus Willie Z in one and done. Uh, I think you kind of hit on it. Sungjae, because people have used him so much, this was the same theory that I went with with Cantlay and Phoenix and ended up with a really nice cash. Could have been even nicer, but you know, he loses in the playoff yeah. to Scheffler, but everyone had just used him the week before, therefore he was kind of drained out. No one could use him in Phoenix, so now we're into a situation where he's like half the league has burned him already. And most people aren't going back this week, so I think if you're thinking about it from trying to win the one and done, although... I bet Zalatoris to win. I like Zalatoris more. I think if you're just thinking of pure probability, Sungjae is the better play. The leverage play is there. Like I said, it literally shows the ownership. I saw it this morning before I came in. It's 57% is what has Sungjae left. It's like 90-something percent have Zalatoris. So there's that. I just, you made me think of something there. Sometimes I'll, I'll like hedge it and play. Like, it's because I'm not betting Zalatoris. I, I, did that, I did that with Burger last week. I didn't bet works. Burger. I used him in one and done. It can work. And one two, one of two things is going to happen. I already know this. And I don't think it's Zalatoris winning this week to burn me, but it's either he he crushes and, and still gets there and has a good one and done week. And I didn't play him there. I played Sungjae. Or he comes out next week and does something crazy and, and goes nuts then. You know, and if, if he sucks this week and everyone's off him, comes out and has a big week next week. Thoughts on Sam Ryder? Yeah, not going back. Yeah, I'm going to be in the same way. Thoughts on Brennan Grace, recent winner, 
kind of. It was over a year ago, but okay. Decent course history and only 6300 bucks. He was in the Puerto Rico Open, same as this event this year, winning it last year, but I didn't even know he was in the tournament, to be honest, so I'm not playing him. Yeah, I just, I, at 63, I'll use Swafford. He's a, he's a more recent winner. I like that. As we know. Yeah. How likely is it that Thomas Peters submarines my lineup and throws a club in the water? I hope that, because I'm using him too, and I bet him to win, that if he is going to submarine the lineups, I want the club throws. I want them. That's why I like Thomas Peters. Yeah, he's definitely a, a fiery, a much taller and thinner version of Tyrrell Hatton. But uh, I don't think, I don't know. I think he's a good play to go back to as well. Like, everyone loved him a couple weeks ago. And now why no love for him at all? And there's other guys there with Tigala, Munoz, Laird. There's a bunch of dudes. So I, you can go back to Peter's no problem and take your chances. Boom bust for sure. And he was so popular at Riviera. Sucked. Now no one's going to use him. Definitely. Like, if you like the same things that you like there, you, you should, you like, should the like them here. Yeah. It's... And sometimes guys play poorly. It happens. Yeah. Oh, there's a guy in the chat we might need to ban, Paul. He's answering other people's questions. The chat is no place to answer other people's questions. People ask questions to Pat Mayo and Tambo to get answered. You start answering questions, you get banned for life. So cut it the fuck out, okay? Thanks. Leave good questions. Your comments are not good questions. They are your comments, and I don't want to fucking see them. Because it makes it hard to run through all the questions. It clogs up the chat. I don't want we, it. We just talked about this before the pre-show, but the people coming in the discords and into the chats trying to take over, and here we go, another culprit. Yeah. I Listen, you might never watch the show again, and you know what? I don't give a fuck. We've got enough viewers. We've got enough listeners. You know, of course, I would like to have more. Losing one, not really going to really do it for me. If it clears up my chat, too, because I want to get to the people's questions. Jacob asks, at $6,500, Cam Champ, worth a flyer on DK, he seems to be off everyone's radar. Who was it last week that you asked me about that I said that he's one of those guys that you just play every week and hope for? for, for Fratelli was the one that you brought up. And I I said, I had Dylan. He spits hot fire from time to time. But He's, you can never pinpoint the week when he's going to do well. But he does do well once every five weeks or so, it seems. That if you just play him constantly, you're going to be up on the weeks that he hits. Granted, if you get everything else right. Kind of feel like Cam Champ's the more inconsistent version of that. But when he plays well, he wins. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, much more inconsistent version of that. Again, you mentioned already, Pendrith is there. I like Kazire. There's other guys. Like, there's Rogers, JJ Sp- like Charles Howell. Pick your guys. For me, it's not going to be Cam Champ. You mentioned it does have the upside, but I like that Fratelli call that you brought <laughs> up. We didn't talk about him that much and or at all yet, and I really like him. I just noticed 6,800. I think he's an interesting play down there as well. What's your favorite unique starting lineup build? I think if you go double up top, that's going to be super unique. Or if you really wanted to get like high win equity, start with Scheffler and then go to Scott and Horschel or like that collection of guys and like the bottom nines. Because if you use Zalatoris, everyone's using Zalatoris. I'm using Zalatoris. I get it. Like I know why everyone wants to use them. But if you just start with Scheffler or start with Sungjae, I think that just automatically makes you pretty unique. Yeah, my note was Sungjae. I, I like, and not only that, I put a couple notes. Sungjae with two other 9K guys, preferably not the chalk. Like I talked about, Hatton's in there, Leishman's in there. You can mix it up. Scott at 9K if you want. And then balance it without a 6K guy. So you basically skip the 11s, the 10s, likely the 8s. And the six is you have only two ranges you work within, and not many people will do that when they're building their lineups. This is a question for you, not even me, so I'll throw it to you. Any interest in J.J. Spawn? Gained strokes in nine of his past 11. 
Not not a huge amount. I have seen people talk about him out there, and I don't hate it. What I w- what I would say is he definitely. That's why I brought him up just a moment ago. I would play him over Cam Champ right now, just based on what he's been doing. And people always seem to sleep on him. He's not a guy you go out and expect to win the tournament or anything. We're just playing him as a last man in to get you some good numbers here, finish up the tournament well for you, maybe a top thirty, top forty. So I don't I don't have a problem with it. But there's other guys I like more there, and Kazire and Pendrith. Oh, hearing your voice on 1x instead of 1.5x is always jarring. I would prefer you not watch or listen to the show if you don't listen to it at 1x. That's just me. Really? I don't like to listen to any podcast besides the format that they were recorded. That's how the people want. That's how I want people to listen to it. <laughs> I'm a I'm a much different guy when it comes to that as far as consuming information. I'm a 1.5xer. Do you really think that people are tuning into this show, my show, the Pat Mayo Experience, to get really good information? No, they're not. <laughs> I was going to tell you this, though. Listening to you in 1.5x... And then is, talking to me in real life? It's challenging, man. It's difficult. <laughs> even, to, when I'm, even when I'm just listening to you, you, you talk pretty quick as is. So you could just listen to it in 1.0 and you'd probably be okay. feels like that in some ways. Let's see. See, now people are just filling up the chat with nonsense. Any love for Justin Rose this week? Uh, Jason Day withdrew, in case people didn't know. Not a big shocker there, but, you know, we, uh, Jason Day, we, we had those correlations of Matthew Wolf and Bryson, Ryan Palmer and John Rahm. Day and Kevin Chappell used to be that way, too. And now neither of them are playing in this tournament, so that's interesting. But Rose and Stenson used to be two that you could always kind of group together. Uh, you probably don't want to do that as much anymore. Don't want to group any of them. Two things there. One, I do like a little bit of Rose, 7,700. He's another guy. Again, he's same price as Bez, who's getting the ownership. I'm not saying he's better. Bez is in great form, great history here. I get all that. I'm just willing to take a shot on the long term of a guy like Justin Rosen. It hasn't been that bad these last three events. Second piece, Kevin Chappell over in Puerto Rico, I saw. 60 to 1. Kind of interesting. I'm playing a little bit of golf lately, a little bit of decent golf. So I could go there. But yeah, I do have a little bit of love for Justin Rose at this price point. I have no interest in Puerto Rico this week i don't i normally like i don't i'll bet I, it and stuff I, but. I, I, I don't i didn't even bet it i usually do have interest in these alt events and i just don't for this one i don't know why <laughs> so not, it's not that good someone's tweeted at me like five times like are you covering the puerto rico open and i think he's from puerto rico that's, have, that's the only thing i can imagine <laughs> or it's like kevin chapel or kevin chapel's brother who really wants to know like should you bet chapel <laughs> Should I bet my brother? Yeah, I just see little tidbits on each thing, and I try and you know, take note of all of them as I go through it. So when he mentioned that, or you mentioned that, I thought that would be a good little nugget to throw out there. Uh, do we believe there is a positive correlation between Euros and Euro Tour players for this course? I think you kind of have to think that way. It ends up playing sort of like an open championship now that it's especially like a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And we've just seen so many international players win this. Who You have Tiger, Matt Every. Bryson last year, which you know does not have a very good Open Championship history, but the rest of the guys who you see like year after year pop up inside the top ten, whether it be Fitz or Rory or Leishman or those type of guys, Hatton and Sungjae, they're all the type of Open Championship players. Like just you, you pop in your mind, be like, oh, okay, those guys, they can do well here. Yeah. Speaking of Open Championships, where is Morikawa? Last week, this week, like these feel like, I know we're waiting for the players, but man, these tournaments feel like ones that he could just go out and dice up and get some more wins added to the the resume and then move on from there. But he's not here, but open championship winner that could be here as well. I like him. That's going to be my bet next week. I I, I see no reason not to bet Morikawa at any course. Out of all the very top end players, he's the most accurate off the tee. And he's the best iron player. Like if it gets to like an overwhelming bombers course, it's not that he's going to struggle. It's just his difficulty level gets ratcheted up. Yes. Sawgrass isn't long. Like last week would be legitimately, if you could draw up a tournament that Morikawa should win, it would be the Honda Classic. He just never plays it. 
Yeah. Spoiler alert for next week. I saved Colin Morikawa for there for the one and done because people didn't realize, or maybe they just didn't focus on it, but it's the bigger prize pool. And that makes your year in one and done. And I think he's going to win. He's better than Justin Thomas with his irons, the defending champion, Justin Thomas. So we'll go and see what he can do this year. I think it's going to be Morikawa getting it done. I, I had that same thought too, that Morikawa is just the better Justin Thomas, which is really saying something considering Justin Thomas is at worst, the 10th best player in the world at best, probably like the third best player. Yeah. It's, it's insane what he's done, Colin Morikawa coming on tour. But, like, I remember when he won the Open and the stats went up of him and Tiger. Different era, of course, and in the timeline. But in the same timeline, same age, same everything, it was crazy to see how good Morikawa's done it. And you and I both know, and everyone watching knows, what the fields are like these days because of Tiger. And he's still going out and getting the job done. So I agree. Seamus Power to bounce back this week? You say yes. I, I say yes. hopefully not. Yeah. I, I like him at 7,600. I think it's just, again, another range where McNeely, Bez, Connors, Power, List, Cam Young, and then you still have guys like Kirk and Woodland even that people are talking about in this range that it'll just get spread out. I'll take some some power. It won't take much to get overweight. How do you guys feel about Party Marty, Lonto, and Troy Merritt? I like Troy Merritt. I like Party Marty marginally, and I do like Lonto. I just think he's going to be way too popular for me. I, li- I like all of them. Actually, Merritt's probably third on the list. I like Laird. I think, again, when Munoz, Peters, Thigal, there's a story to tell down in that range. Laird hits all the metrics that I looked up. Recent, over 50 rounds, everything didn't matter. Three straight recent made cuts, and then eight and nine made cuts here as well. Reminder to everyone to smash the like button for the episode. If you sub to the channel right now, we get 10 new subs in the next minute. And we can extend this an extra five minutes to make sure we get to everyone's questions. Reminder to sub to the channel right now. Im and Hatton are my fades. That's not a fucking question. Unsub, banned for life. Fucking awful. Awful stuff from this guy. Hope never to see him again. He's gone. Gone. Cameron Young versus Chris Kirk. I think we, you like Cameron Young. I prefer Cameron Young to Chris Kirk. I do, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to play rotations with two of Casey Kokrak, Mitchell Shez. If Casey Kokrak, the no-brainer, that's... Kind of a question, I guess. Oh, it's not. It's not Shez. It's Cbez. It looks like Shez. It looks like Shez with a typo when you write it out like that. By the way, in case people know. Uh, yeah, Casey and I would fade Mitchell and play Casey and Kokrak if that was the case. Like between those four chalk guys, Casey then Kokrak would be my two favorites. Yeah, they're my favorites. I'm not playing Chizudenhout either, if that's what he's talking about. But no Chez Revi, no Bez, actually, for me. I'm not interested in that. I, I watched him last week, and I know he had that four-under final round, but it was, like, insanely bad from a scoring perspective. And it's still, you know, tough enough course this week. So I think that gets over a little bit overrated. So for me, uh, focus more on Casey, Kokrak in that range, same as you. Next one is a Fantasy National question. Let's see here. It is the Windy As Fuck Filter. If you end up putting that on, what is that quantified? I believe it's over 17 miles per hour. I believe it was qualifies. 17 or 17 and a half. Yeah, yeah it's like 10 to 17 is average. 17 and over is windy as fuck. And then anything below 10 is going to be that way. He said 25 miles per hour. You very rarely do you see an event that has over 25 miles per hour, like on a consistent basis. Because yeah. they're not taking peak. They're taking average. Right. So that's why we put it to 17. And that's what Moose decided it was going to be. 2v2. For DK GPPs, I have Rom. Should I pair him with Im and Hoagie or Leishman and Kokrak? I, I like Im and Kokrak, but I think Leishman's the way to go if you want to get extremely different. Like in that 9K range, you've got a great pivot there off Fitzpatrick. If you go with Leishman, and I like Kokrak quite a bit, so I'm, I'm good with that, that 2v2. Thoughts on a talent play instead of a recent form play? Aaron Wise. 
Um, not for me. Not for me either. I just can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. Who do you think will be the lowest owned stud player in the race for the Mayo Cup? It's probably, like you said, going to be, you could probably use Leishman. Very few people are going to use him. Very few people are going to use Hatton. Sungjae. I don't think anyone's going to use Rom in the one and done. Anyone using Scheffler? They have him left? Okay, sneaky, sneaky pad over here. But I, I don't know. I just, if for, I was thinking it sounds like go right to the top of the board. Who do people have left and what could they use? I'm with you. I still think the M is the, the best call there. But then you've got Leishman and Hatton who, if you want to take a shot, like I said, former winners, 17 and 20. They've won here just very recently. So when everyone's playing Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick, you can play Hatton or Leishman and DraftKings. And in one and done, they'd be good picks as well. Rom. Everyone's saving Rom for the majors. Everyone's saving, or they use him at Torrey Pines or Phoenix. So they're probably saving for next week or one of the majors. Like, if you can get a win out of anyone, you take the win. Like, and that would be a spot where no one is going to use him. I, yeah. I, I mean, people aren't going to use Rom, but I'm just trying to think, like, will he be in the top 10 of ownership this week? Probably not. For See, the one and it'd done. be like the Cantley because came to a course he never played at, almost went and shipped it. Same thing, Rom never played here. Now he shows up here. And like you said, one, they've already used him at Torrey Pines. Two, most are saving Rom for the players or a major. It's that simple. Will Hideki and Im be under an, an under-owned combo? Yes. I think so. Together, especially. Yeah. Wolf and Reed, that's not a question. I thought I fucking banned this guy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he doubles down. Thoughts on the $6,400, $6,300 range. This guy's saying Willett, Stenson, and Wallace. I like Willett and I like Swafford. Those would be the two guys that I would go to. Jeez. No, I'm probably not playing anyone in there, actually. I'm going to 6,500 we talked about or with you on Swafford down at 6,300. What's Poulter's ownership projection? He's a member at a place that's close by, by the way, if you didn't know. <laughs> Gosh, got to be the worst take that one that I comes hate, up. I hate it's it like so much. he played well on a course that was similar one time down the street. It has nothing to do with this at all. That's why it's so funny. But his ownership non-existent. If you're going to look for it, it's not going to be much. Yeah, if you got if you got a lean, you got a lean on Ian Poulter. I'd say take it because no one else no yeah. one else has that lean right now. Yeah. Wallace playing like a dog, but could spring up here. Willis bet. Okay, this guy's fucking. It's the same fucking guy. <laughs> Banned for life. Get out of my chat with your fucking nonsense that I don't care about. <sighs> Maybe feel better, actually. Banned for life! Go fuck yourself. Who are the best par three players in the field? Ended up being very important the last two years. Par three, I, I think you can sort by it and look at it, obviously. I think it's a pretty loosey-goosey stat when you try to project things out, though. Because obviously not all par threes are created equally. Some have water right in front of them. Yeah. Some of them you can take shots at. These guys aren't all playing the same courses. I think there's certain, like, I think he can tell you something, but I wouldn't be like, oh, this guy always plays par threes well, so he's going to play. Because putting gets factored into that, too. You know what I mean? Like, they're if they've been putting well over the past 50 rounds, maybe they play par threes really well. Maybe their short game gets included. But if people are looking 200 to 225 yard, which all four of these par threes are going to be past 50 rounds. Peters, Kokrak, Burns, Killakeith, Matthew Wolf, Shez Reby, Steven Yeager. Kevin Na, Taylor Gooch, Bo Hostler, Will Zalatoris, Brennan Todd, and Alex Smalley, who I liked last week and actually played pretty well. He's at, I think he's 6,400. I just saw when they asked that question. I said, probably nobody. He was the one I almost said, so it's funny you brought that up. And then another guy you just mentioned there who I kind of like for this week is Bo Hostler. Another guy that just has been playing good golf lately that people just aren't paying attention to at all. Probably won't have much ownership or who cares because it's not enough to care about. And he's down there as well. I think 6,700. So he's a guy you could go to also. Let's see, you said on your Sunday show that Zach Johnson has made twelve out of his tw twelve of his past twelve cuts at this course. That would be correct. He has. 
Still not using Zach Johnson. Yeah, that's why I thought you brought up when you said the $6,300 range earlier. I was like, I said ZJ right away. That's why I, I thought you were going there. I think Kenny was playing him this week, and I, I said, hey, that, that'd be a better guy to do than your Alex Checo or those types of plays down below. Uh, Luke Donald, who I think you went back to a, a couple times ago there. So I, I like the the play if you want to use it, but I don't think you need it at all. You scared of Hovland or Raul? Paul, you have a question. I just wanted to, that's the Duffner trap that I got in last week. Oh, yeah. Made. Didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't work out with Jason Duffner last week. Are uh, you scared of Hovland around the greens? No. I, I, I mean, yes, but no. Like, if I'm playing Hovland and he's missing greens, then I didn't want Hovland to begin with. You're, you're dead. I say this all the time. You're dead anyway, but you're not playing him for that reason or to shy away because of that reason. So uh, he'll probably, like you said, still get some ownership there. I saw before we hopped onto the show here that he was the highest betted, highest bet handle at, at some books out there. So people are still liking Hovland, but it's not a reason to go away from him. And I think that around the green game can show up no problem. Any info on the wind? I actually haven't checked in today. I put the link in the newsletter that I released on Sunday. I'll include that again in the newsletter that comes out. Out later today, but I'll just scroll through the newsletter. It's there for everyone to go see. It's completely free, too. It even says bookmark the weather tower here. Forgot to bookmark it, but I'm using Orlando Executive Airport on windfinder.com. It's down on Thursday, so those aggressive long hitters, uh, especially with the long irons, maybe hot putters for first round leader. It's getting dicey on the weekend, though. Friday is pretty flat. You're going to have like gusts up to 10, 13. On Sunday, we're getting gusts up to 17 to 20. And on Sunday, and this is actually super problematic, you're going to have like constant streams of like from 7 to 15 with gusts from 20 to 30. Yeah, it's going to make for a good tournament. Take your chasers. We, lo- we love this course for chasers anyway, so I think that's a great call for, for saving a little bit for the weekend. It's a good way to get, go about it. This guy says, I think that my Han knocked over the part of the set. I think you're right. Sam Ryder, five of six cuts made in a few top 30s. Any interest? Again, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I played him last week. I guess you know, there's no real reason I hate him. I just don't love him, so it's not someone to talk about. Gim Reaper? No. I might have to, I might have to take, a, take a week off from Gim. Go back to him at the players. He played ball with the players a year ago. I think he was in the final group last year at the players and shot like 90. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is what it was. Yeah, he's 6,300 as well, and you've already got Swafford there. So uh, I like your Alex Smalley take for 6,400, a little above more than Gim. Yeah, I mean, I didn't use Alex Smalley, and his name just kind of popped up, and just it occurred to me that I had used him last week. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Uh, hey, Pat, is there any correlation with Bayhill and Augusta in years past? If so, any suggestions? I would say yes, because, I mean, when Tiger has runs train at a place, you have, like, Torrey Pines, you have Bay Hill, and you have Augusta National. I, I don't see the similarities outside of the exceptionally fast greens, yeah. but that's really it. Maybe guys who put, well, good news for Zalatoris. It would be. That, that, this is the way, you know, this always comes up, though. And it's, again, strength of field, what you get at the Masters versus here, the fast Bermuda, all these things that people bring up. But I just think in general, like Tiger compliment a bunch of plays. Yes, he has those three you mentioned that just goes off. But it's, you know, it's saying Tiger played somewhere and then this is going to be the spot, too. I don't know. It's tough for me to go about it that way. I'm playing what's in front of me. So it's not a big factor for me. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ricky Fowler without chuckling? <laughs> Pass. Yeah, I just, I couldn't do it. That's, that's even if I, you played him last week, he didn't even help you. That's what it comes down to. I think that doesn't get talked about enough. Is that, oh, he, all you need is a six of six. I say this all the time. It's like, that guy's only 69. He just needs to make you a cut. That's not true. I would, I would say if someone was like 6,100 because of what sure. you can jam in at the top. But yeah. like, 
When you're playing these guys in the 7K range, or Ricky this week is 6,900, and you're like, oh, if he just makes you a cut, he's made the last couple, he's getting better. Technically, he has. Even his missed cuts were like the worst of the missed <laughs> cut, like DFL of the tournament. Then it was like, Jess missed the cut, then 55th, 41st. Like, you could say he's trending. He's got to be mad, though. Didn't even get the pip money today. Not even, you know, Ricky brings in all the engagement. He made like no money this year whatsoever on tour. And I believe Patrick Cantlay made more this, made 65% of Ricky's career on course earnings just this season alone. But but Cantley can't win, though, according to people. Nope. Can't win, they call him. Can't yeah. putt, can't win, can't anything. The few times you've watched him miss and, and not make it. but yeah, He has, yeah. what, four wins in the past 16 months, something yeah, like that? Yeah. Can't win, though. No, he's terrible. Terrible. Uh, is Hatton, in a big one-and-done smart contrarianism or just being stupid? Well, I mean, Cust took Hatton. You got to factor that in. <laughs> Yeah, if you go that route, you got to say it's bad to do, but I think I like him much more for Daily Fantasy just based on the fact that he's squeezed between two very popular chalk pieces in Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick, and he is a winner here just two years ago, and playing pretty decent overseas, which nobody sees those yeah. numbers or cares. Yeah, T- T8, T4, and two of his three starts over in the Middle East swing, so did yeah. not play well. I mean, he played T26 over in Dubai, but... You know, yeah. He's playing okay. He's playing good enough golf he, to he come was, here and show up. He was the number four player in the world entering this event last year. Now he's like 24 or something. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. You're selling me on him even more. I was already thinking about I, him coming I'm not even using him. He's squeezed <laughs> there. I, I love when there's plays like this where guys are squeezed in between two others, and it's like you have reason to play him. You just don't because you play the trendy pick of Zalatoris or Fitzpatrick. Thoughts on Matt Wallace, 6,400 on DK, plus 550 for a top 20. He has three top 25s the past three years. If you just are a blind believer in course history, I say go for it. That's why you're using Zach Johnson at the same time. It's just nothing that Matt Wallace has been doing has resembled, like even when he was playing poorly over the course of the past three years. It has not been like this. Yeah, I'd look up your guy, Dylon. Instead, I think he's going to be the same number. How did he become my guy? You're the one who wants to play him. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're saying the way you put his name so eloquently. I'm thinking about putting him into some lineups now at 6,800. So maybe that's why. Uh, Darren asks, for cheap players, do you like Pendrith more than Perez? Yes. Yes. This guy says, you look like a snack with that earring and that hat. I would tend to agree. Sitting in like... We're in pretty close proximity. There's a lot of heat radiating off you right <laughs> now. I'm, fe- I'm feeling it because it's cold outside, but I'm feeling warm, warm inside the studio. Inside here. I had to wear almost the bulletproof vest look for all the slander, the Willie Z slander. <laughs> I figured I'd be taking some shots, so we'll I, see how listen, it goes. Listen, I don't think that you're wrong about Zalatoris. I think everything you say is completely right, but if you're betting outright winners and you want to be there for a breakthrough, that's where I want to be with Will Zalatoris. So. Yeah. So what everybody likes, we said this a few years back, it was Russell Henley at the Shell Houston Open at the time, 30 to 1. Worst bet in the world, I said it then, goes on and ships the thing and just hurt feelings all around. So, hey, Zalatoris could do it. I just, I, this is the other thing I hate, we talked about one earlier, I won't go on, but, oh, Scotty Scheffler just got his first win. That has absolutely nothing. No, it does. Scheffler gets his first win, Liss gets his first win, Hoagie gets his first win, Straka gets his first win. It's a it, first winner. Must mean Zalatoris gets his first win. has to mean that Zalatoris okay. gets it, is the way that I'm thinking, or Pendrith, maybe. Yeah, maybe Pendrith. Maybe, maybe Pendrith gets it done. Yeah. Is Munoz a good outright bet? I don't think so. Not in this field. <laughs> I, I did bet him, so... You know, so, so yes is your answer. But I already, on this very show with you, said I think I should have just bet him first round leader, but now I'm going to strock him where I don't go both... I'm going to make sure I cover both angles and bet the first round leader when we get out of here. Any Sean O'Hare love? Not for me. I do. It's, Actually, not, it's not 2008. You know what, though? Can he get? He's almost fits your mold of what you talked about earlier. If, if at a sixty two hundred dollar guy, if he makes the cut and gets you a top forty, 
what that allows for you to do. So I don't love him or anything. I just think it's a guy that you could play down here. Some uh, some other sharper people than me are I, on him this week for a top 40, so I do like that. I would rather play Watney, who I think rates out a lot better and has been playing better than Sean O'Hare. I would take... Man, Brennan Steele is 6100 bucks. There was somebody else at 6200 that I saw earlier this week. You just mentioned I just mentioned Steven Yeager. He kind of pops out a little bit. He's at $6,100. Grayson Sig is at sixty-three. I, I do think that Willett and Swafford are probably the two guys that you want to play from down here. What about John Pack, our, our fellow guy with the earrings? Ah, man, I, I, I wish he was better. <laughs> Me too, but he, I don't think we're going there at 6000 So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting it off board here. I don't mind O'Hare. I don't love it either. I just don't think you need this range. But one more guy, Malnati was the guy that I saw down there. I think he's playing some pretty good golf lately, if I recall correctly. And 6100 you mentioned that earlier. I think that's a good point. He could just show up with Woodland playing well last week. Do you think he's a good pivot off of Cebes? I think he is a good pivot off Cebes. That's not where I'm pivoting to. I'm just not using, C- I'm using math. That's who I'm using from that range. Read my mind. Uh, there's anyone off Bez I think is a good pivot because I think Mav has, or sorry, Bez has like one top 10 ever or something on tour. But at the end of the day, I would go with Mav over Woodland still. I want to use Rory for one and done, but I feel like a lot of my league is going to use them. Do I go with Hideki or M as the pivot? I mean, if you think if you want to use Rory, just use Rory. I would go with Scheffler as the pivot. Yeah, I still like the M call because I think most people will have used him. But I think that's the other thing, too. If you just want to rack up the money, this is definitely a good spot for Rory. There's a reason that we talked to him at the top, that he's popular. The course history is immaculate. It just depends on what you're looking to do or get out of your league. Let's see. Who is a good pivot off of Jason Day? Probably McNeely. Yeah, he was 7,900, right? So I think, um, you know, if you want to go the same as him, I'm with you on McNeely, but if you want to go the same as him, it would be probably either going up to Sergio or down to Fleetwood. Yeah, up to, I'm not using Fleetwood. I just, I can't. I can't either. I can't I'm just saying, that. but if you're playing Jason Day, you probably or, already had this mindset. Or just take your Jason Day 7,900, and if you don't want to go to Woodley, you can go to Connors. I think the Connors is a great pivot play. Just, I, get, just get back to doing what you do when you're going to, he was third here last year. If we're talking about Matt Wallace as a potential bet because oh. he's come inside the top 25 and he's been dog shit. Yeah. Co- Connor's had two bad tournaments. That's it. But now we're in Florida when he starts playing good. I, I like Connor's end power right there for bounce back spots. So I'm, I'm with you there as well. Why doesn't, like, why doesn't anyone like Billy Ho in, on DraftKings this week? It's not like he sucked last week. I'm, I'm with you, Solomon. I'm with you. I like Billy Ho this week. I, I, thought, do, I do as well. I for, thought he played well last week. He did. And I talked about it earlier. He plays well on when he gets streaky. And the other thing is, you, you mentioned, I think, earlier, is that this is the range that's going overlooked. No one's playing. They're deciding on their 9K guys and then skipping over, or they're playing Rom and a 9K guy and skipping over, or they're Rom or Rory, I should say, or Hovland, or they're playing those three at the top and then dropping to like a Casey, Kokrak, Mitchell. Nobody is playing Horschel. I think he's a great play this week right there at 8,900. What else we got here? Thoughts on Svensson and Tringali this week as pivots and what they might be in terms of ownership. I think Svensson will carry like six to eight just because he's been playing well. Yeah. Uh, I'm off both of them. I like, I don't like Svensson. I like Tringali. I think, again, you look at some of these harder courses, he can show up. He's got the skill set across the board. Um, 31st last year, but then before that, didn't really play. So, And then even when he did play it back in the day, he was three or four made cuts here, and he's been playing much better golf, been a better golfer over the last year and a half. So I'm going there. Love you having the Tour Junkies on this week. Well, it was just a Tour Junkie. It was just DB. Um, but let's see. I've been watching their show. Da-da. Are we going to get a Pat and Pat show in the future? I've never done a show with Pat outside of the golf draft mm-hmm. that you were invited to but didn't show up to. And then people were like, why didn't you invite Tambo? I was like, I did invite Tambo. They thought he the hate was it. still there. Yeah, I was the it. only one. I couldn't make it. But everyone else could, so we're not going to delay it for one person, of course. Uh, Ricky Fowler, course history. Are we buying it? Nope. 
No, not buying anything. And I, I'm, I even took my Puma hat off this week. I'm not <laughs> buying anything Ricky Fowler. Playing 20 to 25 lineups, how big should my player pool be? As big or as small as you want it to be. There is no smaller the better is all I'll say. I would say that especially on lower amount of lineups, the smaller I'd want the pool. And let's see, I played 50 lineups this week. I have 19 players in my player pool. There you go. So, so if it hits, you if, hit. if I hit, I got to have one of them. Yeah. I, I didn't want to start raking myself with all that stuff. But, you know, if it doesn't go your way in a week like that and you have the really small player pool, be prepared to lose all your money. Like, cash zero dollars. Yeah, we, we talk about this all the time at Run Pure. We love to do the, the leveraged game where we're not playing 90 guys and just picking our pool. And you really got to look at it. But like I said, even, you know, look at the total pool if you are looking at people's roster construction and going and look at their exposures because sometimes it's to Pat's point. He's 19 on 50 and he sticks with it. For me, mine might show 35, but 20 are the core that I use pretty much everywhere. And then two or three lineups, I went outside the lines. And so my pool looks bigger than it is, but I am core focused. We should mention that Mayo Media Network and RunPureSports.com now have a partnership. Yes. You guys are going to be providing Mayo Media Network and all you great viewers out there with the ever-needed live showdown contests and content for the PGA Tour. So that's going to be fun. I'm so excited to have this on, and I don't want to do it. So I got guys that actually win doing it. That's always helpful. Yeah, I personally love it. I'm excited. It's going to be on the Thursday night show starting this week. So we did it the last couple of weeks as a free show on our channel, Run Pure Sports YouTube channel. It went well. A lot of viewers, people loved it. But we're just going sort of, not necessarily just the first look. We're taking all the stuff into consideration, but we do sort of the same conversation piece, taking questions, looking at roster construction, what's everybody else doing? And then we do have our premium show on Saturday, which you can sign up for, where there's a little bit more game theory with the position placement points being involved. Yeah, so we're going to have Thursday and Friday this week. I'm working on a Saturday show as well because I think that people would be interested in something like that so please tune into that it's gonna be Thursday night you can follow me or Tambo on Twitter we'll tweet out the times but for sure this week free shows on Mayo Media Network care of our friends at runpuresports.com what's the promo code over there uh, right now, promo code is, D- I use DGEN50 because we still use that from our, our podcast. So D-E-G-E-N-5-0. Get yourself 50% off your first month, all sports included, one price. EVR has the long irons dialed in, hopefully low owned and avoids the drink. Therein lies the problem. Too much water for me to use EVR. Yeah. He's a guy in theory that always seems good and the situation stuff and the price is decent, but too many guys, too many other ones that I would rather go to. I do like him better than Wolf or Reed, though, if you are contemplating those decisions. I mean, you don't want to take Wolf? Wolf's great. I don't, I don't love it, man. I'm with you. Or I was definitely with you on Wolf over Reed. I agree there. It's really fun to open up your DraftKings lineup and see a guy who's 17 over par. That's always just glorious to see. DFL, man, just so bad. And I think at, like at the U.S. Open where he thought he could hide it because everyone was so bad. Last week wasn't as hard as he maybe thought, and it looked really bad. He was definitely dead last, and it did not work out. Uh, any Puerto Rico bets? None from me. Any for you? I bet Chapel, 60 to 1. Mentioned earlier, I like that one. All right. Any? Do you have any others, or is that the only one? Uh, that's the only one I have as of now. Yeah. How do you manage the expectations of your own individual plays, likes, dislikes up against the opposing view of someone you respect? Do you feel like we do a bad job of trusting past performance too much? There's a lot coming at me here. I really don't (laughs) care what anyone else does. I don't. Yeah. I think to answer the question to how I heard it is that like, do play your guys. It's your money. Put your guys in. If you're watching this to get information, I'm personally a a big proponent of that. I look at all of the free material out there. I read all the articles. I take little snippets of it, put it together in my notes. And at the end of the week, I review it all. And then I still play who I want and who I've talked about. But I just have a lot of talking pieces for the content, as well as a lot of plays that maybe stand out that I can find a low-owned guy to make my lineup a little bit different and get that leverage. Thoughts on McDowell? Pass. No. Thoughts on Matthew Fitzpatrick? I'm passing. 
I will have much less than the field. I just think if you play him, look to play him differently, either put him as your third guy in, which I don't think will be as popular, or start your lineup with him, and which will be a little more popular than what I just said, but not very popular overall, and go down with a really balanced construction and hope he does his job. With Casey being $700 cheaper than Scott, is it worth saving that money, or do you like Scott that much more than Casey? I do like Scott that much more than Casey, but that's the reason that everyone is using Casey. Yeah, that's the issue. I think Casey's just wrong price. It's one of the chalk pieces that I'd have no problem eating because it's, what are your choices? Like, it's Kokrak still getting a bit. Mitchell is definitely getting a bit. I like the Garcia call there, but I think playing something like a Casey and Garcia together would, again, be another way to be a little bit more unique this week. Uh, Higo, Kizire, or Pendrith as the last man in? I like Higo. I like Pendrith, but I and I had love for the other side, but I we didn't. You mentioned him a little bit. I didn't say anything on him. I do like Higo this week. I have him in a couple lineups. I know for sure down there. He's just another guy playing pretty good golf lately and can definitely pop. So I, I do like his overall game. Ah, let's see. Ricky only missed one cut at the Arnold Palmer Invitational Tambo. Do we buy course history and his good long iron stats? It just sounds like you want to suck Ricky Fowler's cock. Yeah. Same guy who keeps asking. Is it the about same Ricky person Fowler? asking? I was just like, going to fuck ask off. That. Yeah. Use Ricky Fowler. I don't care what you do. This goes with your your other guy's previous question of do I have to trust you or what the you know myself? It sounds like you want to play Ricky yeah, Fowler. Just play him. Play him. Yeah, <laughs> just just play him. Uh, any love for C Wu? A good pivot off of Lonto. Uh, the numbers actually tell me C Wu should be pretty good here. Me looking at Siwoo having played this course a bunch of times, not so great. Yeah, that's where I struggle. He actually shows up okay for me, and then I look at what's around him, and I just like, uh, I don't know. I don't think I want to go there with the others that are there. Like, I don't know. There's just too many other guys above and below. Thoughts on Matt Wallace and Danny Lee? We've covered Matt Wallace, Danny Lee. I don't know. If you're playing 150 lineups, you can throw him in. He's not making any sort of core for me. Yeah, definitely not making my core. I'd have him in my 150 or something. Top Asian, Hideki, Sungjae, each 2-1, to one, Siwoo 5-1, to KH Lee 6-1, to one, Kanaya 11-1, to one, and Lahiri 20-1. to one. I don't have any real take on that. Sungjae. Would you bet it at 2-1? No, I would definitely no. not bet it. I'm saying if you want to know the answer for me, it would be Sungjae, but I'm not betting that. I don't play very many markets like that, to be honest, anyway. Favorite top 20 bet this week? I didn't play any top 20s. Yeah, I, did, I didn't. Chinhoy play- over on the Kenya, on the magical Kenya Open. You can probably get that at like 25 to 1 or something. I'm getting this Fratelli love late, so it'll be my guy, I guess, this week. We'll end it up. Not your guy, but I could go with Fratelli, top 20. I haven't heard much about Tom Hoagie for DraftKings this week, despite doing really well on the California swing. Is he awful in Florida? Not really. It, it does. It's funny, because every time I look at ownership projections this week, Hoagie keeps out rating really high. I think people are just blindly using Hoagie now. Yeah, maybe they are, and then just nobody's talking about it. I don't know. What, what I'm seeing here now with Hoagie is looking like, 10 percent ish so i think you could definitely still get away with it there's other like again you talked about earlier but people are still mentioning uh glover they're mentioning keegan bradley they're mentioning guys above so uh, i like going there and he has i don't know like i said we looked at the weather a little bit earlier it doesn't show much but you know some people seem to like this late tea time for these guys the only thing i would say about the late tea time i think it's a, a point that doesn't get talked about enough had a another watch a viewer of the show last week that reached out and said great show guys i thought of something here PM AM, they don't have to necessarily stress the number. They don't know the cut line yet. Yeah. They just they just go That's out in the morning, shoot their shots, come back in, and they're good to go, and they'll see what happens. The guys chasing in the afternoon know they have to put a number up, and they kind of know exactly what it is. So I like it from that angle, but I think Hoagie's playing some pretty good golf right now. You can definitely go there. Yeah, for Thursday, there's no real wins. I didn't see it either. Yeah, so at all. From it, that angle, no. It, it's going to get up to 82 in the afternoon it's going to be 73 in the morning I mean, if you enjoy like hotter golf I, I guess that might work <laughs> out it might get burnt out a little bit more as the day goes along but i out of every tournament so far this year that's been like the least impactful wind on thursday of anything check back in like 
tonight or before lock tomorrow morning, check in on it again. Yeah. I mean, the closer you can get to the time of lock when checking the win, just like ownership percentages, the better they're going to be, the more accurate, just because they have more information to draw of. This guy wants me to talk about his lineup. I'm not here to review your fucking lineup, pal. Burns or Scott for the last spot in the tourney. I like Scott better. I like Scott better as well. Just a, overall, and it's a, you know, a little bit more, but I like it there. Who's your favorite first round leader bet? I like Ricky Fowler. <laughs> same guy? It cannot be same guy. It's, not, it's not the same guy. Oh, okay. Jeez. Uh, better questions. It's not a question. Call this other guy. Well, kind of is. Fucking orgy with Ricky. <laughs> Probably needs the money now that he didn't make the pip. He got nothing, man. He didn't even make the list of like... Should he make the list? No, but I mean, definitely should not make the pip. But even I think someone else tweeted out that might have been no laying up was like the top 30 earners with all the money involved. The FedEx, the pip, everything. Ricky's still nowhere to be seen. How does Tiger factor into that? It, it wasn't much because obviously he didn't play, right? Yeah, but like, he won Pip, so he won like ten million bucks. It was yeah, eight million there. But it was like that was like Phil. Phil won eight point two million or something on the season. Six of it was from the Pip, and the other one was from winning the PGA. Yeah, and then someone said, of course, if you want to post Ricky's earnings off the course, <laughs> get to the top of the board there. You'll see that pretty quickly. How long do you think that can last? Uh, I don't know at this point. I don't. I mean, he's got such a good relationship. People, the kids still show up kids, to the events with Ricky. the orange stuff. Like he doesn't do anything wrong. He's not out getting his Buick beat down with a golf club yet, right? Allison's pretty check in check there. I think they're good to go. Got the family life going on, so I, I don't think he's going to do anything to ruin it. People still love Ricky. He's just not performing to what the expectations were. I want to see him get back. I and do play too. well, not yeah. too well that he wins, but like well enough that like yeah, he's in the conversation because he's the perfect guy for betting purposes, to yeah. be, like, having momentum. Because he sucks up so many bets. How many people are asking about... Ricky Fowler sucks, and yeah. people want to play him. So popular. Think about when he's, like, pretty good, yeah. and people want to bet him. Like, when he starts playing well, he'll be, like, 18 to 1, no problem. Oh, gosh. That's the good news, like you said, for sucking up some of those numbers that we could still bet around him. But the problem yeah. is Ricky was always this way. He wasn't the same protege that like Spieth and Thomas were. The thing was, he was su- such a cool guy. Spieth and Thomas wanted to hang out with him. He was not the same golf level class as them coming up, even with a little bit of run behind his name. So that's where he got into a little bit of trouble. People expect to be, be as good as his buddies. Favorite first round leader bet? Uh, I haven't made them yet, but I will release those in the newsletter later on today. You can go to the description and sub to the newsletter for free. Also, sub to the network while you're down there as well, please. Do you guys think that Svensson is mispriced in DFS? I don't think he's mispriced. I think that's where he should be. Guy can't putt. The guy legit can't putt. (laughs) (laughs) For the guy that can't make any putts, he's priced about correctly at 6,700. We just had a big... uh, the, The chat jumped on me here. Oh, there's that Tom Hoagie question. There we go. What's your take on Chris Kirk? Pass. Yeah, too many guys in the range. Played well last week, though, but you know, not for me. Ortiz's ownership? Sub 10? Yeah, low. Low enough. Yeah, low enough that you no worries about using him by any means. Like him better than Wise, who was brought up earlier. Decent form, decent history. You can play Ortiz. Uh, did you bet a double or a triple? I did double all of my bets at a very low price with Chin Hoy. Oh, gosh. With a Chin Hoy top 20 at 8-1. to one. <laughs> This is so bad. Top 40, but if it sorry. Works. Top 40 at 8-1. to one. Okay, I like that a little more. Uh, Tigala looking to be under 7-8%. I believe so. I like yeah. Tigala this week. Yep, another guy at that 7K range. It's loaded, right? It's This happened last week at 7,400. When Straka was in there, there was a bunch of other guys at 7,400. It got overlooked. This week, Munoz, Laird, Peters, Tigala, they're all right there at 7K. So KH Lee is back there again. He he ruined some lineups last week, even though he made the cut. He just could not do anything. and always had to hero his way at the end to be able to make up for the day a little bit. Uh, quick rundown on who you would play DK at Puerto Rico. No one. Don't play it. 
Yeah. That was easy. Contests are too weak for me. You can go into fantasynational.com slash mayo to get that discount if you don't have it. Switch from the API field over to the Puerto Rico field. Make your lineups no problem. Could be an edge. If you don't mind, you have a smaller bankroll. That's what you want to go and attack. Using Fantasy National, finding those guys that pop. Not too many people are probably using that or even playing over there for this week. So you could definitely get some edge that way. Uh, 7K range, what's your pick? We've been over that. And you can go... You know, check out my cheat sheet up on DK Nation if you want it. Do you like Kirk or Justin Rose? No for me. Yes for Rose for you? Rose I'll play a little bit of, yep. I, I see a guy is banned in here. I didn't even ban him, Paul. Did you ban him? He thought it was Jeremy Garcia experience. Oh, well, it's not. all of your questions. People ask him to stop. I just... Yeah, oh. just get him out of there. Yeah. Just Jeremy Garcia, give your fucking head a shake, pal. Go start your own show where people won't watch and not ask you questions. Don't take my questions, please. Paul Casey is paired up with Patrick Reed. Is he an automatic fade now? What the fuck would that have to do with anything? I have no idea. <laughs> no. Uh, hey, Pat, who did Tim screw over this week? You can rewind to the beginning of the show to do that. I remember last year you did a trial run of 150 lineups in the Minimax and had success with Higo. Seems like you stopped doing it. Could be wrong. Is there a reason for this? Yeah, I just forgot that I was doing that. <laughs> oh, honest to God, that's what, I, what, what happened. I was actually doing really well. because I, I wanted to test, like, I want to start playing 150 in either the $5 or the $8. But I was like, I don't just want to spend 3000 bucks to do this. Yeah. I'd rather test it out for 75 bucks in the Minimax and try to get some sort of system down to see how I'm doing it. But Yeah, play I, it till you win it. I, I've seen people do that. The challenge is it's really tough to win at Golf DFS. So you get you get, you get get your good week in the little the smaller buy-in, and then you move it over to the big buy-in and lose it all back. It's just one of those ever-going things. But I, I've got away from it a little bit, like I said earlier, and last week with you here. I like playing less lineups now and just focusing on them a little bit more. So a picture of the course. Rough looks nasty. Any love for Sergio? I mean, if you've been watching, we like Sergio. Yeah. We like Sergio. There and the rough go. does look pretty rough, by the way, around. I think it was like a Jonathan Bird today just posted it. You can go check out his Twitter, The Birdman. The Birdman. Bird I, I got Coco Beware behind me somewhere up there, too. So he's yeah. the original Birdman. He was about a, a foot off the fringe, and you could not see his ball at all. Good. So Good. it's, it's going to be a good week. I'm excited I love it. for it. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Any suggestions on players who have performed well in the win that potentially an issue on the weekend? I mean, it's. It's really hard, like wind stats are just difficult in general because it's all just based off perception because one course in the wind isn't going to play like another course in the wind. You know what I mean? Like sometimes that the wind will be behind you and that's hugely advantageous and the stats can't parse out that data. So it's sort of an eye test. That and also the fact that you just never know how it's going to shake out. We saw it last week on the final hole. When weather pops up out of nowhere, it can be a disadvantage for some. There's nothing you can do about it. Let's see. When will the Custies results get released? You know, a few months, probably. After we, when we record the show, it'll be out soon after that. If you were doing a 20 max, how many golfers would you recommend to use and a percentage of your cap do you recommend on ownership? Just play whoever you want and don't fucking care about ownership. Yeah, and just put a, I mean, I would limit the salary if you want, like 49.9. Yeah. Starting it off and then just leave some money on the table and some. And Fantasy National has a, a great lineup builder that you can use and go and see. And it usually leaves some money on the table. Yeah, so regardless I, I, of have, I have a max set and a min set. Yeah. You, you can do it that way. And that's just, you're going to get uniques. What I talk about all the time, I think just goes overlooked is like people care so much. It's not hard to get unique lineups in PGA DFS. And what we're talking about isn't about being duped because it's right. so, it's so rare that you're going to be duped. Exactly. Uh, you nailed it. I was going to go there because that's the point. Oh, I'm going to get duped. You're not getting duped. What you don't want to be is two V twos and three V threes against the field where you have no, le like there's much less leverage opportunity at that point versus having like two guys, the same as everyone else. And your four can really get you different. So that's what I focus on a lot more. My buddy loves Mullenix this week. What do you guys think? I don't. I don't either. Okay. 
Your buddy should love Adam Svensson instead. That's not a question. Ban for life. Is that Jeremy Garcia back answering? No, the no, he's he's not allowed. He's okay. just he's just muted out here right at this point. <laughs> One and done. Ownership aside, is there a better spot to use Fitzy than this week? No, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Especially because he was playing so well coming in beforehand, and the withdrawal was only a, a stomach illness, as we tweeted through with Daniel Rappaport there. So I think he'll be okay coming back this week and has done well in the past. I'd, I'd run it. Who's the M of this week? Huge ownership and miscut. Seabez, uh, I'll say. I'll say Fitzpatrick. Oh, Keith gold, Mitchell. Old, yeah. That's, Keith Mitchell's price at range, pretty, pretty close. Was this the tournament that Evr attacked the T marker? I thought that was the players. Maybe it was this event. Mm, I don't remember. I'm it, pretty sure honest. it was the Players Championship last year. Maybe it was Valspar. No idea. Any chances for a live end of the day wrap up for the showdown contest? Yes, that's that's what we're, that's what you guys are doing. Yeah, every like Thursday, Friday, so, you know, that's the free show, like you mentioned, on Mayo Media Network. We'll be going on there pretty close to the end of the day. We'll talk about what happened that day because maybe it can help you on some bets for round two, some matchups. Might be able to help you going into the weekend. If you're playing weekend golf, getting the Friday, it's not just for round three. You can use it in a weekend as well. So those shows will be good. You'll definitely want to subscribe and tune in for those. In your opinion, is there a different strategy used for high dollar single entries versus multiple entry contests? I don't get as crazy in single entry. I think like I don't need to use Hudson Swafford in my single entry team. Yeah, two two things I would say. One in the higher dollar single entry, typically the ownerships will just get pushed up. So if Rory's popular and you sometimes you'll see him get even more popular, more so with the value plays, I should say, than the guys at the top. The other thing, and to your point exactly, I see people getting way too crazy trying to find like the diamond in the rough that's gonna sneak them through single entry, when instead you could just make a couple of those swaps. I mentioned it earlier, uh Rom and Fitzpatrick is Scheffler Sungjae. Boom. That's all you need to do. And that you're way different than most. And you've got two really good plays there. Even with M's ownership, it's similar to Fitzpatrick's, but Scheffler's should be much less than Rom's. So I would go that way. So we're at the two-minute warning right now for the end of the show. Unless you smash the like button to the episode and sub to Mayo Media Network, then we'll try to get to the very bottom of the chat. But we got questions coming in late here. So we have to go more rapid fire okay. at this point so we can really put it up. You get those numbers up, we'll keep going. Don't get mad. I know you like Colin Morikawa next week at Sawgrass, but he missed the cut last year. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Well, we're done. Then Can't play him. Throw kick, him out. Kick him off the tour, Doug. He's a disgrace. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm in on Morikawa. I don't care about any of that for next week. And it's if there's one tournament all year where course history legitimately doesn't fucking matter, it's TPC Sawgrass. Uh, yeah, he has the perfect game for it. I'm playing him. Yeah, I'm going to bet him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Probably like 10 to 1 or something stupid like yeah, that. He's... But he won't be, though, because he missed the cut last year. Yeah, perfect. Course history, man. The truth is. Hopefully Rory comes like third this week and be like, oh, Rory, can't yeah. lose the players. Yeah. 6 to 1. Okay. Gosh. Well, so let's have it. Give me some more cow at like 22. We are setting up for that too, though. Good point on the Rory one. It's going to be, he could fail everyone this week and then crush next week or vice versa. So we'll have to see. Uh, can we have some more props picks for prize picks? I mean, we gave the, we gave out our plays. Yeah, I mean, I, I bring two every week. That's my goal and intention here. We can definitely do more as it goes on, but yeah. I mean, I'm fine with it. Yeah, we can maybe do a props picks video or something like that. Yeah. If, if people are interested in it, if you're interested in prize picks, go to prizepicks.com. Use code MMN for that match deposit of up to $100. I do think the freest money on the board right now, like I said, 70% chance of winning around there is Rory day one under four and a half strokes on the 16th hole. I, I can't believe they put him in the prize pool. No, not just him, though. I think a bunch of the guys. A bunch the of the fact guys. That they but, gave but him, that hole but is, him in general. Like, for sure. Rom's not on there. 
like of all the top end guys, he is the only one that pops up. So that's the one that I would use. Oh yeah, smash that one. But like you said, just putting that hole in there in general, where it's seventy percent of the time, uh, I'd be hitting up a bunch of those for sure. If hand building lineups, would you recommend top to bottom or bottom to top? I actually don't know what he means. He means starting with the value plays and then seeing what fits up top. I love that question. I actually recommend the bottom up, and oh, really? I say this all the time. I I like picking. I like taking a stand on my value plays where they're all going to be ten percent. I know who the chalky ones are that I want to avoid in some cases or most cases, and then that's how I get to find these two V2s of Rom Fitzpatrick being Scheffler and M. And then it, you can't really go wrong at the top. You just got to take your chances. So I'll even run it back a few times and maybe run both renditions. Thoughts on Gary Woodland? Pass. No. Ortiz? A little bit, yeah. None for me. Uh, let's see. Cam Davis, 6600 bucks. No, thank you. Yeah, not in love with Cam Davis. I, I could, again, I mean, larger field stuff could go there. See, I don't understand why Will Zalatoris is priced so highly. I mean, you have to understand where the price is coming at. So far this year, he's 26th, 2nd, and 6th. The guy comes inside the top 20 like almost every single week. That's why he's priced where he is. If people want to know why yeah, the price is People like love Willie Z. That's what I'll say. So, you know, not, huh, we'll see. Did Jason Day withdraw? Yes. Yes, Jason Day did withdraw. Super long shots on Adam Long and Adam Shank? No thanks. Not, not the Adams I like. Adam Scott. Not a long shot, but I do like Adam Scott. Uh, if you need to pick your poison, would you go Pendrith, Glover, or O'Hare? I would go with Pendrith. I'm going Pendrith, yeah. Thoughts on Tringali? Out for me, in for you? In for me, yeah. Okay. Got into the PME DraftKings contest. Only a few more spots left. Get in there. I completely agree. Good call. Defiao, I think is how you pronounce that. Do you think approach from 200 to 225 is important as all the par threes follow in this range? Yes. That's why we went over those stats earlier. Yeah. And more than the par three stat, even, because like you said, par threes are all different. They'll have more. I think it's 30% of the shots almost from 200 plus. Yeah. So we, we put those out earlier um, with the top players from 200 to 225. We just look at proximity over the past 50 rounds from that range of 200 plus. Now, obviously, that's not just 200 to 225. That could be 265 right. for all we know. And proximity is not a great indicator, but the players that you're looking at kind of reads like the who's who of play, who has played well at this tournament over the years. Zalatoris, number one. <laughs> I know, I just saw it. I Matthew it. Wolf, number two. Hatton, Rom, and Casey are your top five. Sungjae, Havlin, Hideki, Champ, and Adam Scott. Munoz, List, Higo, Keith Mitchell, Shez Reevy. Should we be playing Shez Reevy? I've said his name like five times. We've like gone over these things. So it could be instead of Cbez, you play Chez. That might have been a sign. Hey, hey, for two thousand dollars cheaper. Yes, too. much uh, cheaper. Evr Svensson, Patty Hayden Buckley. Oh, Buck, who loves to fuck over your lineups if you use Hayden Buckley, uh, Mad McNeely, Scotty Scheffler, Cameron Young. They're all inside the top twenty-five uh, over the past fifty rounds. But you can shrink down that sample. I like what you said last week. Something that I do too on Fantasy Nationals: use the rolling report. Yes. See if guys are getting progressively better or worse. In that category? Yeah. I also love to limit it to the six months or three months or whatever you want to do. I'm just saying what ends up happening. Be, oh, last 50, he's incredible. Yeah, from 2014. Do you realize his rounds are from like August or something? Like they're from way back when. It has nothing to do with right now. That's always a really tough one to do with European players who don't normally play on the PGA Tour. Just we don't have data on them from the past eight months from Shotwing. So they're just not going to be included. Right. Uh, any good? Any thoughts on Lucas Herbert? Good distance, but wild off the tee. Yeah, don't want that here. I did, another guy I didn't even know was in the field. Uh, Seb Straka, driver, still alive. Do you like Straka this week? I do not. I get the conversation piece around going back to him and no one does that anymore. And probably true, but I, I just don't care. I'm not, it's not a guy that I want to go back to. There's too many other in that range. Ideal number of players for my pool at 150 max. I used to play 35 in 150. I like a real strong focus around 30. Let it stretch to 45, but the last 15 will probably be 5 to 10 percenters. Yeah. 
Any love for Davis Thompson? No. No. You think Connors continues his success at this course from last year? I hope so. I like the bounce back spot. Yeah. Yeah. Like if he just gets a... From his, his recent form. I his ball say. striking has been really bad, which is yeah. just such an anomaly. I went back and looked at it. He's lost off the tee and with his irons in two consecutive events. He hadn't done that in four years. Yeah, he, I, I like everything else about him. And if you go to the stats, they're all going to pop too. So uh, you could go back to him there. And doesn't he have a little Masters love? Eighth at the Masters, 10th at the Masters. Is this the Masters? We can, we can go back there. It goes to your Willie Z point as well. Oh, I, I mean, I wish I could take Ian Nelson up on this. He said, would you like to join me for the Monday practice round at the Masters? It would be a thank you for all the content you provide. I really appreciate that, Ian. He has four Monday tickets, uh, but I will be sitting here talking to Jeff Einberg. Yeah. That's, I, a, that's, a, that's the one thing about doing content is the, you got to be where you got to be. You can't be there. The bucket list factor, right? It could be good to go. Uh, w- listen, if we can get big enough someday and we need all your help with this, that you know, we'll try to do it live from the Masters one year. Oh, yeah, Airbnb with a little setup, a little makeshift. Just do it from the course. Yeah, do, that, do it oh, from the media better. center. Yeah. Um, I see top DFS player Mick Lovin is playing the Mayo Cup DraftKings. That guy plays everything and wins more than he loses. Other than picking winners, what's his secret? I guess you'd have to ask him. A lot of time he puts in. I actually know him. And yeah, he, he puts in a lot of time. So you got you to gotta do that with this. Everyone always asks, what's the secret or the magic settings on the optimizer? It's be obsessed with it. Put your time in, read everything, gain as much, and then focus on how you build your lineups when it comes to golf. When you're doing research on Fantasy National, do you weight the number of rounds, stats, different stat by stat, meaning like using putting last 24 rounds, off the tee past 12, or is that too much detail? I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. Just do whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah, get your process. That's the key. Uh, mixed condition is very nice. The feature that's on there where you can change it up a little bit. And then like Pat mentioned, I like using the rolling on top of the last 50 so I can get a good balance of both and see what happens. Is Michael Thompson a play? I didn't even know he was in this field. It keeps. I, I de- actually mean that and same. I didn't even know. He's $6,200. Pro- he probably is a play considering I played a ton of them last week. We played him at like 7,500. Yeah. So he's, he falls into that. Uh, he's actually a better deal than the Swafford at 6,300 from 7,100. The math says so. Uh, I would uh, look at it, but not for me. Andrew Burton, I smashed the like button, as should you out there right now. Hovland or Matsuyama? I'll go with Matsuyama. Ah, gosh. I'm not playing either. Yeah, I'd go Hovland. Just looking at the slate now, what's the most important skill to have on this course? Long irons. Yes. Uh, Thoughts on Corey Connors? We like Corey Connors. Do you play guys depending on 70 par courses that will shoot in the 60s every round just to get the DK bonus? I mean, I want my guys to play well. If I could figure that out, then I'd, I'd always hit the bonus. Do you play guys and win every week? Yeah, do you, that's what you're trying to do, get Do you me play to... guys who are good? Yeah, I try my best to play that. It just doesn't always work out or they throw up a 71 on the final round or something to ruin it. But I do love that bonus for sure. This guy just keeps asking if people are playing. Uh, you can go fuck off and Google that yourself. Lonto, a T20 play this week. 95% in bogey avoidance. I can see a T20 on Lonto. Yeah, we, we mentioned earlier T20s. We weren't sure. I, I didn't bet him. I, I kind of like that one too. Uh, anyone playing Seamus Power? I am. Yes. You are. Yeah, bounce back spot for him as well. He's right there, same price as those other guys. List, Connors, all the, you know, Cameron Young, the common mentions. I think Power has the upside. Why can't you do the Monday content very early Monday morning from the hotel? I tried to do a show from a hotel last week. <laughs> not great. Yeah. Much different setup for you, sure. You don't pump all your money into a nice studio like this and not use it for a fucking master's week. For the biggest tournament of the year. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has their own opinion, but for me, it's definitely the, the number one major. So Ian, uh, raffle off the tickets so we can do a giveaway or something like that. I do really appreciate it. It's really nice. Talk to DB and Pat. They like live there. Yeah. So they can go. Uh, who's your projected winning score of un- is your projected score over under 10 under? I think it's going to be under 10, like minus 15, something like that. I was going to say I would go. Yeah. 12 to 15 range. 
Thoughts? Uh, I, I would give the ch- ticket to Jeff, too, and you guys can both do the content from the hotel. No. <laughs> he's, he's, he's persistent, man. Yeah, now, now it's feeling creepy. Uh, thoughts on Kevin Na? Long iron's good. Short game, good. Overlooked, I'll say that much. Yeah, I have a little love for him. We didn't talk about him enough, but he's, again, he goes under the range of all the ones we're talking about there, so I can play him. Whoa, man, sorry. I was just asking people if they were playing. No need to tell me to fuck off. I'll tell it again! He says you lost a fan, <laughs> so I guess it doesn't matter at this point. Fuck off, and you are banned for life! <laughs> and that will do it on the Pat Mayo experience. It's fun banning people. Uh, the fan got the ban. Well, he's not a fan anymore. No, he's not a fan anymore. So he can go fuck game. himself. Yeah. Easy. Easy game. When you're fucking yourself like that. Tyler <laughs> Tambellini, we can catch you on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast on Mayo Media Network. Everyone just go subscribe to that. Kenny was on fire this week. Yeah, he had a great one. That uh, <laughs> segment there on the bush, if you didn't hear that, I know we both retweeted it last night there. He, he went off, and I had people text me about that, too. They really liked it. Yeah, the video version is up. That comes out on Monday nights. Tambo is going to be with me on Wednesdays, and you're doing Thursday DraftKings Showdown for PGA on Mayo Media Network for RunPureSports.com. You got it. Absolutely. On Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you guys have any questions. And we're going to try to get our Players' Championship DraftKings picks out as close to the release as possible so people have time to do that. Players' Week should start on the weekend for that show. All of the research show, all of the DraftKings pick show. Monday with Feinberg for the bets. Me and Rick going player by player on Tuesday in the live chat again on Wednesday. And it's good to have Tambo back on that show as well and on the DraftKings show because we can see where we've changed. That's the best the course part. Of the I think it gets overlooked right there you find stuff in the beginning and it can change by the end of the week and that's what i love about this which this is much more of my final thoughts than the fantasy golf degenerates podcast with kenny on oh, monday me, me too first like, look that's always one thing too that i do with jeff like I, I try my hardest not to bet too many guys on monday more i get excited i want to bet because i start looking at it on Wednesday. what the fuck did i bet that guy for <laughs> so stupid yeah Anyway, that will do it. Thank you all for watching. Sub to the channel, playing the Listener's League. Sub to the newsletter for all the final plays. I'll add my first round leaders in there, plus some extra research that, guess, uh, I got my researcher guy. He likes Ricky Fowler. Oh, gosh. <laughs> of course, right? At the PME on Twitter, if that's uh, more your jam. And sub to the audio podcast. Catch us all on demand. Rate and review. Five stars. Unless you're that one guy I told to fuck off. He's probably not going to rate it five stars. I don't care. Go fuck yourself anyway. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.